This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. As always, before we get into the show, did you know that Discovery, the wonderful show that hosts this podcast, uh, as well as the new music podcast, Millennial Balance, and some of our amazing clients can be found on all major podcast platforms? It's true. If you use Audible, you can get it there. Google, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, all of it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you have to do is search Discovery the Radio Show for podcasters and you will find it. It's true. Check it out. In case you didn't know, I'm in my 30s. And the reason that I open up with that statement is because throughout my childhood, there was a bit of an epidemic of sorts of children being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. We're going to be talking about those diagnoses today, in particular ADHD. What is the definition of ADHD? Well, the National Institute of Mental Health is here with a 60-second explanation. ADHD is a disorder that makes it difficult for a person to pay attention and think before acting, known as impulsivity. A person may also be restless and almost constantly active. Although the symptoms of ADHD begin in childhood, ADHD can continue through adolescence and adulthood. If you are concerned about whether you or your child might have ADHD, the first step is to talk with a healthcare professional. Although there is no cure for ADHD, currently available treatments can reduce symptoms and improve the ability to focus, learn, and work. Learn more about ADHD through the NIMH website. Now that the definition is out of the way, we're going to cover quote-unquote symptoms helpful suggestions from the experts, and we're going to dedicate a good chunk of the show to talking about the minimalization of the diagnosis and the stigma surrounding it. According to the world-renowned Mayo Clinic, the symptoms of ADHD includes the following. Impulsiveness, disorganization and problems prioritizing, poor time management skills, problems focusing on a task, trouble multitasking, excessive activity or restlessness, poor planning, low frustration tolerance, frequent mood swings, problems following through and completing tasks, hot temper, and trouble coping with stress. Just before we go on, I got to say that I check a lot of those boxes, so perhaps I've gone undiagnosed. But regardless, before we move on to the suggestions and tips for quality of life improvements, the Mayo Clinic suggests that if you have these symptoms continually and they impact your life on a regular basis, you should speak to your family doctor or general practitioner about it, and they can help you either seek out a diagnosis or find out what else might be going on. Now, with the guidance of the World Wide Web, I managed to track down some coping skills and strategies for living with attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Helpguide.org actually provides suggestions for several aspects of life. The website says if you're needing help getting organized and, quote, controlling the clutter, you can create space. What they mean by that is ask yourself, what do you need on a daily basis? And then find storage bins or closets for things that you don't need. Designate specific areas for things like keys, bills, and other items that can be easily misplaced. Throw away things you don't need. Uh, They also suggest using a calendar app or a daily planner. Effective use of a daily planner and calendar on your smartphone, your computer, whatever you might use it on, can help you remember appointments and deadlines, and these electronic calendars can be set up to literally send you reminders. Another suggestion is to use lists. 
Make use of lists and notes to keep track of regular scheduled tasks, projects, deadlines, and appointments. And if you use a day planner, you can keep all of your lists and notes inside of it. It makes a lot of sense if you ask me. This one resonates pretty well with myself is the concept of deal with it now. You can avoid forgetfulness, clutter, and procrastination by filling out papers, cleaning up messages, or cleaning up messes, excuse me, or returning phone calls immediately. Whatever it is, if it's something that can be done in the next minute or two, take it on now as opposed to procrastinate and risk the chance of it being forgotten. Now, in terms of time management, helpguide.org suggests become a clock watcher. What they mean is use a wristwatch or a highly visible wall clock or desk clock, some kind of clock to help you keep track of time when you start a task. Make note of the time by saying it out loud or writing it down. They also say using a timer is a good idea because you can allot time for yourself for each task and then you can use the timer or an alarm to alert yourself when your time is done. For longer tasks, consider setting an alarm to go off at regular intervals to keep you productive and aware of how much time has gone by. Give yourself more time than you think you need. Adults with ADHD are notoriously bad at estimating how long it will take to do something. For every 30 minutes of time you think it will take, maybe add on a couple or add on 10 minutes. The last thing that they suggest is to plan to be early and set up reminders. They say write down appointments for 15 minutes earlier than they actually are, and then set up reminders to ensure that you're leaving on time and make sure that you have everything ahead of time so you're not frantically looking for keys and all these different things that should, in theory, if you're following this advice, should be in very specific spots. Now, to be clear, these are just suggestions that they may or may not work for you, but on the chance it helps, it might be worth a try. And now for the meat and potatoes of today's conversation, the stigma around living with ADHD. Personally, I know several people who have been diagnosed, and again, I would not be surprised if me personally has gone undiagnosed and living with ADHD. But with that said, I, like so many others, am guilty of lessening the challenge that these individuals face. What do I mean by that? Well, the particular faux pas that I'm guilty of is the generalization of ADHD and ADD to a simple moment of distraction or forgetfulness. Now stop me if you've heard this before, or you've even done it before, but you walk into a room and forget why you were there, and then say something to the effect of, haha, ADD moment. Obviously, I cannot speak to the motives of every single person that's done this particular thing, but I know for myself, my intention was never to generalize or lessen the experience of others. And after some conversations with others and some internal reflection, I realized that although my intentions were pure, if I'm truly a mental health advocate, which I try to be, then these scenarios are a scenario at which I should be learning and growing from. The example that popped into my head after talking it out with others is if I were to be dealing with hyperfixation or some other things that could be found on the autism spectrum and make a comment, haha, ASD moment, that would be incredibly insensitive. So why would I do that to uh, another neurodivergence? The next stop on our train of thought is the different point of view from what we just spoke about. As I've discussed in the past, I have a physical disability, cerebral palsy. And as it pertains to this conversation, I have for a long time been into self-deprecation. The reason being that if I make fun of myself, then the bullies and ill-willed people around me have no power over me when they try to knock me down a peg with this particular line of jokes. All that to say, I think that there are likely people with ADD and ADHD that are out there and they take the same approach to the situation that they self-deprecate in order to lessen the blow when anyone else makes a joke about it. And 
as much as I have 20 years of doing this particular line of self-deprecation in order to protect myself, I think it's important to be careful if you're trying to make light of a challenge on someone else's behalf. Like, from me to myself, a joke is received as exactly that, a joke. But from me to Johnny down the road, it might resonate as an insult, so it's important to be aware of how these things might be perceived. In the mental health world, the word and moreover concept of stigma gets thrown around a lot, and I believe that people with ADHD and ADD experience stigma as well. It is not just depression and these other mental health challenges. More often than not, people with ADHD or ADD end up being categorized as lazy or they're not trying hard enough, and that just simply isn't the case. If you head over to YouTube and search the channel How To ADHD, they have a wonderful video dissecting what is really going on in the minds of a person with ADHD when they have a task to accomplish. Without outright stealing their content, I will share that they offer the metaphor a wall of awful, with each brick being failure, rejection, and other negative thoughts and feelings that will build up in your mind blocking you from accomplishing said task. All of us have these walls, but a person with ADHD struggles more than a neurotypical person to get to the end goal. For example, changing a light bulb. It's easy enough, right? Well, a friend of mine once walked me through how this process took an hour for him as a self-diagnosed person with ADHD. And to be clear, he was later diagnosed by a doctor. Uh, they saw the light bulb was out. But it was in the ceiling, so obviously they went to go get a ladder, and while getting the ladder, they noticed that some stuff had been knocked off a shelf and onto the floor in the garage, so they stopped to clean up the, the mess on the floor. Once they finished cleaning up the mess on the floor, they realized that, wow, the floor is dusty, so they started to sweep it. They got the broom and did exactly that. They took the dust bunnies and whatnot out to the trash, and while walking to the bin, they saw weeds poking through the concrete of the driveway, and then they went to get some shears to do away with the weeds. And after a string of one-off, oh, I need to do that moment, their original task had fallen by the wayside. It is an impressive moment that one simple task had turned into a handful of accomplishments, a handful of tasks being complete. But I think that the story speaks to the life with ADHD. Pulling from that YouTube channel, it is not that they were too lazy to change the light bulb, it's that their brain kept adding bricks to the wall that was keeping them from accomplishing their task. A new brick with the room, with the weeds, and so on and so forth, until eventually the task of changing the light bulb had been put behind a wall of other things that needed to be done. Now I'd like to close with a plea. This plea is, be aware. Be aware of how your words may be taken, and the feelings they may create. And this applies not just to people with the different neurodivergencies, but all human beings. You may see laziness, but what you don't see is just as real. Until next time, happy long weekend, everybody.
someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. This episode, you'll hear brand new music from Toronto indie rock band Jane's Party. Award-winning singer, songwriter, and producer Chris Burkett spoke with us about receiving MPP Chris Glover's Community Recognition Award. And we honour the late Gordon Lightfoot. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. It's been years since I've seen the light of the sunrise. For Jane's party, it all started with four friends, Zach, Jeff, Tom, and Devin, in their garage studio while attending York University. 
Fast forward 15 years, we caught up with Devin and Jeff about how their creative process has developed over the years with social media in the picture. We spent a lot of time living in very close proximity, uh, even to the point living in the same house where it was really easy to just sort of walk downstairs and make music all the way to now where, where we're living sort of all over the place. Our, our drummer's down in L.A. right now. Um, I'm currently in St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, Tom and Devin are in Toronto. So the internet is a place where we can continue to create and, and make content and make art together, even when we're not in the same place. Yeah, I think when we first started out, we were sort of doing our own recording in the garage, very uh, ramshackly. And a lot of focus was like booking shows and, and, and playing live and stuff like that. But as the internet and YouTube and Instagram, like I remember being in the van, like creating my Instagram account, you know, like <laughs> there from the beginning. So now to, to see how much, how much more time is spent on social media and crafting that part of like, say an album release or something like that versus um, sort of what we maybe would have focused on 10 years. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I think it's just sort of interesting how it's all evolved and so much so online. So it's sort of been really fun bringing that side of the band forward too. Yesterday, Jane's Party released a track called Ships on an Ocean. Here's your first listen on 105.9 The Region. As I count the ways that this Edison light bulb flatters your face. Think it's funny how you never notice the little things until it all goes to waste. And if I said I
lips on an ocean burning up in the night. You're listening to New Music on the Region podcast. Earlier this year, award-winning singer, songwriter, and producer Chris Burkett received MPP Chris Glover's Community Recognition Award for his song, Everyone Deserves a Home, which shines a light on the growing homelessness crisis in Toronto. We spoke with Chris about the honour and why it's a personal one for him. I have to tell you that when I was in my 20s, I ran away from home at 19. Basically, I, was, you know, I had a very unhappy childhood due to a broken family. I ran away from home, slept on the streets in London. I was officially homeless for a while until I gradually, you know, I followed my passion to play music and I went to every audition I could get to and I eventually climbed my way up to becoming a multi-award winning producer, songwriter, musician. I put this record out called Everyone Deserves a Home. Chris Glover and his team heard this record. In fact, I played it at one of their um, gatherings and they really like the song and they, and they really appreciate the sentiment that the idea that I'm trying to help in my own way We're using the universal language of music to communicate truth. Here it is, Everyone Deserves a Home by Chris Burkett. Open the door Invite friends in It's a human right a place to begin A home-cooked meal A good night's rest It's the bottom line To keep you at your best Out on the streets There are no walls Nowhere to hide Your pride takes the fall Your private life Everyone can see at the shelter become your family billionaires forget your schemes try to invest in everyone's dreams share your wealth and help us all humanity needs those who walk straight stand tall and the
much more for our souls And the world would be a better place If everybody had a place to call home We don't need a hotel out in space You know the people out there would be alone on the Region Podcast. Where the heartaches come, the hero would be me. Heroes often fail. You won't read that book again because the ending's just too hard to take. Canadian singer and songwriter Gordon Lightfoot passed away on May 1st at the age of 84. His final album at Royal Albert Hall will be released on July 14th. It was recorded live in concert in 2016. According to a press release, Gordon Lightfoot singled out London's Royal Albert Hall as one of his favorite venues. In the final weeks prior to his passing, he insisted that the live album be released as soon as possible, approving the cover artwork and making it clear that no changes were to be made to the recording. Widely known as one of the greatest singer and songwriters of all time, this is Gordon Lightfoot's 1974 number one hit, Sundown. You're listening to New Music on the Region Podcast. I can see her lying back in her satin dress In a room where you do what you don't confess Sundown, you better take care If I find you've been creeping round my backstage
see her looking fast in her faded jeans. She's a hard-loving woman, got me feeling mean. Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. Sundown, you better take care if I find you've been creeping round my back stairs. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.